0: What famous toy company did novelist James Patterson once write for?
1: How can you tell the age of a fish?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the off ramp—a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and learn how to tell the age of a fish.
1: <laughs> when do you get Goldie his birthday cake? How to know? You,
0: know? Huh? Well, you can't cut him open and look at the rings.
1: Well. How do you think you can tell the age of a fish? I don't when know. When he's alive.
0: Oh, when they're alive. Yeah. Is it the something about the size of the gills, the number of things? What?
1: Well, yeah. oddly enough, Bob, it's similar to the how you find out the age of a tree. You count the number of natural growth rings on each of its scales.
0: Really? There are natural growth rings Rare on rings. the scales and of a fish? And you
1: count them. Each one. A uh, scale has the same number of rings, natural rings, apparently. And if you count them, you can find out how old he is. Wow. Who knew?
0: I didn't know that. I didn't
1: know it either. I
0: never knew that. Okay. <laughs> well, now we know.
1: Found that interesting.
0: Well, this is interesting. <laughs> what famous toy company did novelist James Patterson once write for?
1: Um, I'll just say Mattel.
0: No. Toys R Us.
1: Uh huh. Oh, did he do their commercials?
0: He did the jingle, the famous jingle. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Oh, how wonderful! I don't wanna grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got a million toys and Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't wanna grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much less. You really flip your lid from bikes to trains to video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. He wins.
1: Wow, who knew? Well, so it turns out he and Barry Manlow wrote famous jingles.
0: Well, he only wrote one jingle that I know of. Okay. But uh, it's because James Patterson, before he became a famous novelist, and he just recently wrote two thrillers with former President Bill Clinton. Yeah. James I, Patterson had a very successful career in advertising. He became the CEO of J. Walter Thompson of North America. You're kidding. No. That's, I didn't
1: know that.
0: He was in advertising oh, for probably a good 20 years. And now
1: he has an assembly line of writers to pop off a book every few weeks. Oh, it's amazing. Oh,
0: it's yeah. amazing. He's got this... Yeah, he does have an assembly line, but kind I of read, interesting. Uh,
1: I read one of them that he wrote with Bill Clinton. It was pretty good.
0: Yeah, the President is Missing, the President's yeah, Daughter, yeah, those are two. Yeah, I read two. that. Yeah. And then, of course, he Wrote the Alex Cross series, yeah, and he wrote the Women's Murder Club, yeah, and a whole I read, bunch of others. I
1: read some of all those.
0: But in 1982, as a 34-year-old creative director, he and junior copywriter Linda Kaplan Thaller came up with the famous Toys R Us Kid Jingle. She actually composed it on a toy piano because she wanted to think like a kid when yeah. she she and they wrote it. And uh, you remember, I, I want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I love the way it ends, though. I don't want to grow up because, baby, if I did, I couldn't be a, a Toys, Toys R Us, Us kid. kid.
1: That, is, <laughs> that is cute.
0: James Patterson went on to write 150 novels, and Linda kaplan Thaler has her own ad agency, the kaplan Thaler Group. Yeah.
1: Okay, Bob, I have a question. All right. From a listener. Where is the world's largest underground storage facility?
0: The world's largest underground storage facility. Now, I thought that the world's largest underground storage facility was a cave where they put uh, cubic feet, miles of of uh, natural gas. I thought that's what it was. Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, this is
1: an actual storage facility underground. Fort Knox? No.
0: No? Okay. huh.
1: It is Kansas City mold. Really? That's right. That's where our listener is from. His name is Jeff Burrell from okay. Kansas City Mall. He sent this in. It's called Subtropolis. Wow. And it's in Kansas City, Missouri. Holy cow. How big is it? That's
0: a question I had
1: next. <laughs> Tell me, Bob, what do you think? In acres or feet or whatever you think? Okay.
0: Is it square feet or acres? What's the...
1: Acres. A Square feet is another question. How many square feet?
0: Oh. <sighs> Okay, 150,000 square feet.
1: That's good, but a little off. It's 55 million square feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's off by a little bit.
1: And it's 1,200 acres.
0: Wow. It's an
1: artificial caves built into the bluffs above the Missouri River. And it contains seven miles of illuminated paved roads and several miles of railroad tracks.
0: Seven miles of roads.
1: So who do you think leases space down there? It's always 65 to 70 degrees. It's a former mine. It was built in 1964. The late owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, his name was Lamar Hunt. Anyway, he started this whole thing. So who do you think uh, leases space down there?
0: Oh, I would think it's... uh Usually, it, you want it dry, so a lot of times people store art, or they mm-hmm. store, you know, anything that really needs to have uh, moisture uh, controlled. Yeah. And yeah. and and humidity. Yeah. But I can't tell you.
1: Well, the archives, National Archives, stores stuff down there. The really. The United, United States Postal Service—they use it for their collectible stamp collections operations. Oh,
0: I thought maybe that's where they kept some of the mail I haven't gotten recently. <laughs> <laughs> really, collectible stamps they put yeah. down there.
1: Among other things, it's used for e-commerce, pharmaceutical businesses, animal health, record storage, food distribution, and automotive businesses. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea.
0: My God, it's amazing. It's
1: really big, and it's a great place to go, I guess, if uh, for the zombie apocalypse. That's where you want to go. And that question came in from Jeff Burrell of Kansas City, Missouri.
0: One of our listeners. That's right. Wonderful. Thanks, Jeff. That's a great question.
1: Never heard of it before. Should have. Seven miles of illuminated. That's just.
0: Page. I can't. And railroad lines too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different ways to get down there. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Okay. Couple more Toys R Us questions. Oh, okay. Little fun questions all here. All right. all right. Remember that logo? The R in Toys R Us was flipped. Around, it was looking the wrong way. Did you notice that? The
1: R is flipped, yeah. It was
0: backwards, right? Why was the R backwards? I
1: have no idea.
0: Because the founder, Charles Lazarus, wanted the sign to look like a kid had written the name. And later, the company established other brands, including Babies R Us and Kids R Us. They also had the backwards R. Okay, when Charles Lazarus founded Toys R Us, he didn't sell toys. What did he sell? The first store he opened up. Groceries? Nope. Um, Think of the time. Now, this was in the late 40s, early 50s. Um, What's related? Furniture. Yeah. What kind of furniture?
1: Uh, living room furniture. Baby, furniture. baby furniture. Baby furniture. Of course, the baby boom had boomed. Okay. Yeah. That so makes excellent sense. He
0: went in business to sell baby furniture, like cribs and high chairs and strollers. But he didn't get enough repeat customers. And then one day, after a woman asked if she could buy some toys oh, in addition to the crib, that a
1: light bulb.
0: He began adding those. And he noticed people who bought toys returned frequently because the kids broke the toys. <laughs> and they got
1: older, wanted better toys, yeah. bigger toys. so he
0: shifted his business from baby furniture to toys, and now that's how that famous chain began. They've reopened recently. You know, they went into bankruptcy, y- yeah. but there are a couple oh, new they're stores really open they In the East Coast, I believe.
1: Oh, be darned. And they,
0: they have an online presence now. So who knows? Maybe they'll come back.
1: You know, I should have thought of that R backwards because... Back when they were around here, Toys R Us, I always thought that's why they did it, so it looked like a kid. But for some reason, it didn't occur to me when you asked me. But, apparently,
0: okay. apparently, that caused problems for English teachers oh, in, in elementary schools. Oh, because the kids schools. were doing it yeah. backwards. Yeah, that's Just, well, the the yeah. sign's
1: that way. Yeah, and that's another case against clever spellings that companies do.
0: I have other questions on clever toys coming up.
1: Uh-huh. According to the American Veterinarian Association, Medical Association, What's the oldest recorded age of a cat and a dog
0: mm okay now we had a cat lasted 20 years that was considered 21 long. actually Oh 21 okay let's say 25 years for a cat uh-huh uh, I'll say 18 years for a dog
1: okay not too bad uh, cats can go 34 years well this one did and the dog 29. Wow. That is pretty old. Cats and small dogs are generally considered geriatric at the age of seven.
0: Oh, that's so sad. Yes,
1: I know. Larger dogs are considered geriatric at the age of six because they age faster. Uh Uh-huh. A first year of a cat and dog is equal to 15 human years.
0: The first year? Yeah,
1: the first year. After It goes down to the second year is like nine years and then four years So after our dog that. was
0: a teenager the first year, at the end of the first yes, year? Yes, that's why he was... That explains it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Remember? He didn't do anything we said. He didn't do anything he stay we out said. late. What the heck was wrong that's with him? Right. Okay, but that's right. Wanted a... to
0: drive the car? I yeah. don't know. That went too far. <laughs> that
1: was. Okay, so 34-year-old cat and a 29-year-old dog.
0: All right. All right, remember the uh, game Twister, Marcia? I do. I liked it. Can you describe Twister?
1: Well, yeah, you put your hands and feet on these uh, designated spots, and you tr- people don't they roll a dice to I believe show so. you where Sometimes to Sometimes people, put people your, had to get
0: underneath you, yeah, and So you you're, try
1: to stay on you twisted your feet. like a pretzel, basically. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Okay, and plus well, if you're dating or something. It's a fun way to touch people.
0: Well, speaking of that, (laughs) speaking of that, when Milton Bradley introduced Twister in 1966, this twist like a pretzel game, how was it described by some critics? What was the worst thing someone said about it? Twister.
1: The worst thing someone said about it, it was, uh, oh, don't tell me it was considered um, sexually suggestive. It was
0: considered sex in a box. (laughs) Isn't that funny?
1: <laughs> I was right then.
0: Okay, I have another one here.
1: <laughs> Sex in a Box. Sex in a Box. Boy, that would have sold like hotcakes with that name. They should
0: have put that as the, uh, the byline underneath Absolutely. the name. Absolutely. Okay, here's something else kids like. Crayons. We've talked about those in the past. How many crayons does an average kid go through in the first 10 years of their life?
1: 10 years. Mm-hmm. How many crayons? Oh, for God's sakes. i I'll say 640.
0: Boy, you're close. According to Crayola, and this is even today, kids play with crayons, right? Uh-huh. The average kid wears out about 730 crayons by his or her 10th birthday. And you said 640, so yeah. you're very close.
1: I just uh, multiplied, uh, you know, 10 times 64 crayons in a box, big box, the big box. So.
0: so this is from personal experience. You went through 10 boxes of crayons? I I was 30 years old. <laughs> You were still playing with those when I met you. Yeah. Okay.
1: Indeed, I was. Okay. Bob, can you name the six official languages of the United Nations?
0: Okay. I think they would be English, French, German, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese. That's six. Chinese is one of those. Japanese is another. So I've got eight there. Did I get the six in my eight? Nope. Oh, dear. Russian? Yes. Of course. Now you're. All right, let's try it again. English, English Russian, German, Nope. French? Yes. Spanish? Yes. Japanese? Nope. Okay. How many did I get so far? Four. Four. Uh, I don't know. I give up. Chinese and Arabic. Oh, isn't that interesting? I find it fascinating they didn't do German.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it
0: was after World War II and there were so many German-speaking people yeah. and they had beaten Germany in the war and yeah. all that.
1: Yeah. Huh. But Arabic and Chinese, just for sheer volume. That's you know, true. Arabic and Chinese uh, is a huge population. Of, that's true. Okay. So that's it. The six languages of the United Nations. All right,
0: Marsha. More toy questions. All right. And
1: <laughs> I got a bladder question to follow a up. A what? <laughs> it's has nothing to do with it at all. I'm sorry. Dear
0: God. <laughs> okay.
1: I just want to keep them on there. You know, toes.
0: These are actually movie questions, okay? Okay. These were the working titles of what famous movie? I'm going to give you two out of three okay. first, and then see what you could do. All right. Made in Taiwan and Moving Buddies. These are working titles of a famous movie. Made in Taiwan and Moving Buddies.
1: For the same movie? Yes. Okay.
0: Okay, huh. here's the third guess. This will give okay. it away. Toys in the Hood.
1: Oh, was it? Was it Toy Story? Toy Story. Oh, how cute! Yeah,
0: before Pixar settled on Toy Story, the other names suggested include Made in Taiwan, Moving Buddies, and Toys in the Hood. Toys spelled T O Y Z. Oh with God, a Z. that would have Toys in the Hood. Made me nuts. Okay, and what was Buzz Lightyear's original name? This reminded me of some of those names you had that Charles Dickens came up with. Uh, yeah. What was that? Yeah. The Tiny Tim. It was
1: Puny Pete. Puny
0: Pete. Okay, so before deciding okay. on Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear, what was one name they considered calling their no. spaceman?
1: Captain Callahad. No. Uh, I don't know John.
0: Lunar Larry.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> Lunar Larry. I thought that was funny. I don't think it's. I think Buzz Lightyear is much better than than Lunar Larry. Myself. It's perfect,
1: and they got the name Buzz from Buzz Aldrin.
0: Speaking of buzz, I'll have something about the health benefits of coffee in a minute.
1: Okay, well then let me move on to bladder questions. Do you want to
0: do bladder after we talk about coffee? (laughs) No. Why don't we take a break? Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll do that break you need. (laughs) We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marcia Smith. This is The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marcia Smith, and we return with the question on the bladder. (laughs) Jeez, what a buildup. This Uh, is a very short question. Somebody's got to promote it, you know. Uh,
1: (laughs) How much liquid, Bob, can the average human bladder hold? Give it to me in ounces, if you will. Okay. uh... Or cups.
0: Well, no, I'm not going to give it to you in cups. <laughs> yeah, I'll okay. say 6 ounces. No, 12 ounces.
1: Okay, the average uh, healthy bladder, 16 ounces. Wow. And what's really interesting, it's almost double that at night when you're in bed.
0: Well, it feels like it. Yeah. When <laughs> you have to get up. Yeah. Really, it's almost double that at yeah, night. Yeah, at night. So your body really does a good job of regulating and saying, we're going to hold on we're to gonna this a little hold longer this here. We're
1: until you get older, and then it says, we're not going to hold on to it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to
0: let you go up every five minutes, go to the bathroom. Okay, drinking coffee has always been linked to all kinds of potential problems, heart disease and everything else. But lately, it's been linked to reduced risk in all kinds of ailments, including Parkinson's disease, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, gallstones, depression, suicide, cirrhosis, live cancer, melanoma, and prostate cancer. This is all good news. This comes from the New England Journal of Medicine, and in a study of more than 200,000 participants followed up 30 years later, those who drank three to five cups of coffee a day with or without caffeine were 15% less likely to die from all those causes than people who shunned coffee. No kidding. So when you say no coffee, you're not being healthy. The
1: shunners are dying. That's
0: right. And there was a 50% reduction in the risk of suicide compared to people who don't drink coffee.
1: All right. Well, that's interesting. It's
0: funny because as recently as 1991, the World Health Organization listed coffee as a possible carcinogen.
1: Yeah. There's, well, so things it depends, have changed. It depends what week you're looking at everything. I'm sticking to the red wine good for you theory.
0: Again, this comes from the New England Journal of Medicine.
1: Okay, Bob. Niagara Falls.
0: Right after we talk about coffee and bladders? That's right. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> get, the, get my transition oh, gee, there? I I'm so clever. Okay. It was formed. 10,000 years ago, and it's eroded away a fair amount of uh, miles upstream, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, how many miles, you think?
0: I would imagine that's two miles, three miles upstream?
1: In uh, 10,000 years?
0: Okay, 15 or 20 miles.
1: Yeah, I I kind of led you that way, but you were closer in the beginning, 7 miles. Wow. At the continued rate of erosion, the falls will disappear into Lake Erie in 22,000 years.
0: Oh, can we be there to see that?
1: <laughs> you remember your first trip there, don't you, Bob?
0: Yes, I do. Well, that was a family trip, and yeah. it's well, infamous. You had a little
1: accident there, didn't you? I didn't
0: was two years old. You had
1: your own Niagara Falls, but we'll move on. It's I not, hope so, because a that's family
0: a, thing. I never here. wanted to talk about that. <laughs> Even my dad, when he would Are tell. Are you crying? He would tell that story when I was a grown man. I know, I know. thought it was so funny. He well, did. not anymore. And okay, I've was. got a question for okay.
1: you. Okay. Oh, just going back to Niagara Falls, can I add a little uh. factoid? Has the falls ever not flowed?
0: Yes, they closed off the falls, they shut it off, diverted the water around, and that was to clear up a lot of the rubble. That yeah. was a number of years ago.
1: Yeah, no, not that. I mean, naturally. Has it never. Not flowed.
0: When there was an earthquake, I think it stopped.
1: No. It was in March 29, 1848, for 30 hours because of an ice jam blocking the Niagara River.
0: Holy cow. So it
1: just stopped for, for 30 hours. It didn't flow.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thirty, And it was an ice flow.
1: Yeah, an ice jam.
0: Wow. Wow, that's blocking interesting. Blocking the river. Okay. Okay. What was the best-selling car of the mid-2000s? Was it the Jeep? Nope. Was it the Outback? I'm smiling because you won't get it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's a toy question.
1: Oh, it's a toy question. Oh, boy, you are scandalous. Hey,
0: now, back in 2008, Little Tykes sold 457,000 cozy coupes, making it the best-selling car in America. you're
1: tricking me. That's the idea. Oh, you're just sad. (laughs) Okay, Bob, moving on. Historically, what is the difference between an American billion and a British billion?
0: Hmm. So there's an American billion and a British billion.
1: There was until 1974. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Okay. What was the difference? Well,
1: an American billion is a thousand million. Yes. In Britain until 74, a billion was one million million. Big. A
0: million million? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the British changed it to our version because it was easier to calculate light years. The Americans apparently got them to change so everybody could calculate light years easier, which is interesting because we can't
0: even do metrics, but
1: we gave them- (laughs) We can
0: tell them they're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we won that one. Okay.
0: Okay, I have a question for you. In 1953, a food company had a lot of leftover food after Thanksgiving. What did they decide to do with it?
1: A lot of turkey, you're saying? It was turkey. Okay. And what did they decide to do with it? Yes. Who? Who's the people? An
0: American food company.
1: American food company with all those big frozen tom turkeys. What did they do with them? They gave them to farmers? No. No. Like, this it. is
0: 1953. This was the beginning of the convenient food era.
1: They made the atom bomb with them. No.
0: Jeez. <laughs> Think. Put your thinking cap on.
1: I don't know. Bob. And your appetite. All oh, day they, they did frozen food.
0: Yeah, it was Swanson. Yeah. They had two hundred sixty tons of frozen turkey left over after oh my Thanksgiving. god. 260 tons of frozen turkey left Jim, over. Jim, we got
1: a little leftover here. So, yeah, so we'll they put said, some dressing. Jim,
0: <laughs> I got an idea. Let's package these things into trays with peas and potatoes and the TV dinner was born. <laughs> All right. That's where it came from. Okay, another toy question. Do you like Gee, my toy question? You were down the rabbit hole. In 1970, an artist with a single name had the number 16 hit on the billboard charts. His name began with an E, but it wasn't Elvis. Who was it? 1970, an artist with a single name? Elton. No. Avida. No. Ernie of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of a toy question. Oh, and I should you, have.
1: Yeah, I forgot that part of the Do you question. remember
0: the song? Rubber ducky. Yes, you're right. You're rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Aww. That rose to 16 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in 1970. No kidding. Shows us how desperate we were for good music, Oh, brother, think. Is,
1: But think of all the kids that love that. And, and didn't our kids have rubber duckies?
0: Who didn't have a yes. rubber ducky? Oh, you had yes. a rubber ducky when you were a kid, didn't you? No, I did not. Oh, dear. Lucky I had a tub. What Oh, yes. You were (laughs) impoverished. What famous children's game was invented as a diversion for kids recovering from polio? This is one of your favorite games. What famous children's game was invented as a diversion? Candyland. That's it. Yeah. Eleanor Abbott was the inventor. She invented it as a diversion for kids who were... Recovering from polio. You love Candyland. You played our kids with Candyland. Yeah, it
1: doesn't mean I loved it, Bob. I loved our children.
0: Yeah, but you were really ruthless with the kids. You well, never let them win any Candyland
1: games. Well, there's, they shouldn't be brought up as wimps. <laughs> they have <laughs> well, to know they so you,
0: can lose. You taught them competitiveness with did. Candyland. Yes,
1: that I That seems like a hard-ass lesson, it's, Marsh. It's lessons learned, Bob. Oh, look at how good they are today.
0: Well, they do play Ruth. Candyland pretty good. <laughs>
1: They're ruthless.
0: Ruthless at Candyland.
1: Remember the phrase: uh, "It's another red letter day in the Bailey House." You and I often say. it's Jimmy
0: Stewart said that about the red letter day in the Bailey House.
1: Very good. He Bob. was
0: very upset.
1: Yes, and we often say that here as a joke. But where did that phrase come from? Red letter day.
0: All these things usually have some kind of origin in business or government or something like that. So I'll say red letter. A red letter was something that you got in the mail or that was uh, in a. Document that really indicated something very important.
1: Oh, that's a good guess, but no. Significant. No.
0: Happy. No. Lost.
1: It goes back to the church in the medieval days. And the calendars then had important saints and feast days. On the calendar in red ink.
0: Feast days. Yeah. Okay.
1: Feast days. And these memorable days became known as the red letter days. Oh, no
0: kidding. Wow. So it's centuries and centuries old. Centuries old.
1: old, Medieval days.
0: So they're important days to remember. Yes. Okay, Marcia, who popularized the expression, Polly want a cracker? (laughs) You ever think about that?
1: Well, Polly want a cracker. Is it a biscuit of some kind? Yes,
0: it was the American Biscuit Company. It was back in the 1890s, and their premium saltines product had a parrot trademark with the slogan, Polly Won a Cracker.
1: Really?
0: They created that in 1890, so it's been around a long time. It
1: sure has.
0: I have one last little item here I think you might find interesting. Okay. Now, we're in a new streaming area when many movies are being released by studios via the web online, right, Mm -hmm. versus traditional theaters. So, guess who's released the most movies in the last five years? Netflix? Netflix. Uh, Netflix has released 133 films, and guess what? They have the lowest scores among really? critics and oh. the public. Well, This hmm. comes from the Wall Street Journal, an article called Is Streaming Making Movies Worse by R.T. Watson. They hired a company called Ampere Analysis, and they found Netflix films have the lowest ratings, and Disney has outscored everyone else. They make fewer films than anyone else. All of them have a higher rating, an average of 70.3% approval by audiences and 66% approval by critics. That comes from his streaming Making Movies Worse from The Wall Street Journal, June 17, 2021. Interesting. Okay.
1: Speaking of Disney, Uh I have a way to wrap it up here. Okay. With a quote from Walt Disney. Quote: Actually, I have two here. Okay. And here's uh, so much for the wife quote. I love Mickey Mouse more than any woman I have ever known.
0: <laughs> Walt Disney said that? <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, my goodness. And well, his wife gave Minnie her name. I know. Mickey is and Minnie. so sad. I mean, I would have been crushed if you said that. Anyway.
0: Well, yeah. well I do like Mickey Mouse. I know you do. I yeah. did yeah. have yeah, a Mickey Mouse phone when, when, when you met me. When you came
1: into the marriage. And how long was that around?
0: That didn't last very long. <laughs> I'll bet. Priorities so, were set, Bob. Mrs. Disney named Mickey. Oh, you know, really? He named it Mortimer, and she said, that doesn't sound good. And she said, why don't you call it Mickey? Really? So she gives him that gift, and he says, I've loved this mouse more than any yes, women I've ever wrong. known.
1: It's just It's very wrong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and who said this? He's passé. Nobody cares about Mickey anymore. There are whole batches of Mickeys we just can't give away. I think we should phase him out.
0: Well, I can't imagine Walt Disney saying that. He
1: did not. Yeah, I think we should phase him out.
0: Now I know it was. It was Mrs. Disney. <laughs>
1: You like this better than me? Get rid of them. <laughs> good, good call, Bob. No, it was the brother, Roy Disney, Walt's brother. He said that in 1937. Oh
0: my goodness! Wasn't
1: he the businessman? Yeah, he was the businessman. Well, man. so much for sound like, business. We sense. got a
0: whole room of these things. <laughs> That's why you don't let a bean counter make creative decisions. I agree. <laughs> He's all right. Okay, time's up. We want to thank Jeff Burrell again for sending in his question about Subtropolis. That was a great one.
1: I knew nothing about that before.
0: Jeff is in Kansas City, right? Correct. Okay, so we want to thank Jeff. And if you have a question you'd like one of us to answer, you can give us to us by going to our website, theofframp.show, and go to
1: Contact Us. Yes,
0: and leave your question, your answer, your name, your location, whatever, your social security number. That's no, it. we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. Join us next time when we return with The, the Off-Ramp. Ramp. The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.